0: This time, Christina Cross is going to bring a special. says that you've gone too far this time that you can't be forgiven and there's no need to try but the blood says you can put the past all behind In your pardon signed, Satan tells you it's hopeless and that you can't go back home again. But the Father is awaiting with arms open wide. The blood says you can. We've all made. Our choices that became our mistakes and stood in the ashes of bridges we burn the pain and heartaches, but the blood of Jesus does one. Place called forgiveness, and there's room there for you, cause the blood says you can put the past all behind. Pardon, inside. Satan tells you it's hopeless, and that you can't go back home again. But the Father is awaiting, with arms open wide. The blood your sin will be covered in your pardon signed Satan tells you it's hopeless and that you can't go back home again but the Father is awaiting with arms The Father is awaiting with arms open wide. The blood says you can. The blood says you can. Miss dina has got a special.
1: God knew what I needed this morning. Thank you, Christina. It's a blessing. Just listen to the words, not how I sing it. These are gorgeous words about Jehovah.
2: chapter one man isn't that beautiful what a beautiful song what a beautiful song service we've had all of these specials and congregational singing has been wonderful this morning it's all uh, it's all honored and glorified the Lord and I'm thankful for that. He's worthy to be praised. he's worthy to be elevated he's worthy to be worshiped and I'm glad that we're doing that this morning. Do you love him? Well, he loves you. In spite of you. He loves you. Even though he knows everything about you, Brother Hayden, he still loves you. He knows every hair on our head. He's got them numbered. What a loving God we serve. Last week we talked about dealing with the sin of jealousy. This week I want to preach a similar message entitled, Dealing with the Sin of Apathy. If you remember last week we talked about the nation of Israel we talked about what led them to that place of disobedience and we know that a lot of what got them in trouble was their disobedience to the Lord. But last week we talked about there out of the book of uh, Ezekiel about how Uh, what drove them to that place was jealousy. They wanted to be like everybody else. They looked out and they seen what everybody else had and they had a longing for other things other than God and they wanted to be like every other nation. They wanted to have the possessions of everybody else and it led them to a place of apostasy and their jealousy to want the world rather than Jesus drove them away from God. And another sin that I believe that led them to that place of disobedience is the sin of apathy. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Malachi chapter 1, in verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's uh, brother? Saith the Lord, yet I love Jacob. And I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And ye say, Wherein have ye polluted thee? And that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy persons, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God, that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. God, I ask for help this morning. I need your help. I need your focus. I need your strength. I need your guidance. This is not my sermon, but it's yours. And Lord, as we get here, we're wore out from the world. We're wore out from fighting the battles every single day. And Lord, I'm so thankful for everyone that came to this place. And Lord, I'll be honest, I came with expectation. I came expecting something today. I came expecting to see you and to worship you. Lord, I came expecting to see lives changed today. Lord, I came expecting to see good things in your house. God, I pray that souls will be saved this morning. Lord, I pray the saved, will be drawn closer to you. Lord, I pray that you will take your strength and every weakness that I have and fill me with your Holy Ghost this morning to preach this message the way you've designed it. To you be all the honor and glory in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the subject dealing with the sin of apathy. (coughs) Dealing with the sin of apathy. If you will see their apathy is the lack of interest in or concern for things that others find moving or exciting. So I want to simply talk to you about apathy. I want to talk to you about the concern or the sin that we have in our life at times of not being excited about the things of the Lord the way we ought to be. Now, in Malachi chapter 1 is about a hundred years after Israel had returned back uh, to the promised land. They have rebuilt the temple. They have rebuilt all the things, all of the temple sacrifices back in place. In a hundred years, God has blessed them. God had restored them. Malachi is the last prophet given there before uh, John the Baptist comes on the scene. And Malachi comes to the people of, of the Lord, and it said that he came with a great burden, upon his heart. And he said, I, I need to talk to you. I have something I want to share with you. I want to take you back and I want you to remember the love of God. In the first five verses he's just talking about the goodness of the Lord. But then in verse six he begins to talk about the problems that they are having. and a lot of the problems they're having is the apathy of the nation of Israel. You see, God had restored them. Uh, Ezra had come in and it restored the temple worship, and Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. And I'm, I'm telling you, things were good and things were excited, and they were uh, things of God were exciting at that time because they were building and everything was going good. But they kept going and they kept going. They got everything built. They fulfilled the will of the Lord, and before uh, they knew it, they began to slip into the sin of apathy. They began to get to a place in their spiritual life where they lost the excitement of the Lord. I believe they got to the place in their life where they were not as in love with the Lord as they used to be. And any time that you get to the place that you have lost your zeal as God's people, we're going to be led into a life of disobedience just as the nation of Israel was. And they were fixing to be scattered upon the face of the earth for over 2,000 years because of apathy. They lost their zeal. They lost their excitement. They lost their joy. And let me tell you something, jealousy led them out of the country. Jealousy led them into this bondage. But God brought them back. And God blessed them in a mighty way. And they got to the place that they were unthankful. They got to the place where they forgot where they come from. They got to the place where they forgot of all the goodness of the Lord. God's been good, but they forgot. God was great, but they forgot. They got stagnant. They got to the place that they weren't as excited about the things of the Lord like they used to be. Man, I'm telling you right now around Promised Land, it's been exciting. It's been exciting in the Lord to come to church and see souls saved. It's been exciting seeing a building built. It's been exciting seeing this place full every time we come. Man, it's exciting. But I wonder how many of us are looking at the excitement and you think deep down inside, preacher, I don't have that same kind of excitement I want to be excited. I want to be on fire. I want to rejoice in the Lord. But I'm sitting here, preacher, this morning, and I find myself in a lull that I'm just, I got the bad case of the mullet grubs in the Lord. And I'm just in this spiritual funk and I cannot get out. And I see the good things around promised land. And I see people getting faithful and I want to do the same. But I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck and I just cannot catch the fire that I need. May I tell you that I've been there? May I tell you that I've been there, that I've looked around and I see God's people rejoicing and I see God's people excited and I'm thinking, well, what are they excited about? Well, don't they know we're missionary Baptists? They don't need to be too excited. Well, my goodness, what are they so excited about? And I have sat there in that pew and I thought, why are these folks so excited? What's going on? And deep down in my soul, I know that I ought to be as excited as anybody else about the things of the Lord. And there was a time as a 13-year-old boy, the reason that I wasn't excited because I thought I was saved, but I was lost, dying and going to hell. And I sat there on that pew and I thought, why is everybody so excited? And the reason was I was lost. And didn't know it and didn't realize it. The great deceiver deceived me. And I sat in that pew trying to be happy and trying to get excited. And I couldn't because I didn't know Jesus. And I needed to be saved. And bless God, He saved my soul. And He put joy in my heart and in my soul. And I began to serve the Lord and follow the Lord. And then I seen why people were so excited. But it didn't take long to get the mullet grubs, head and there I said, well, why is everybody all excited? Sitting back, my goodness, we're Missionary badness. You're not supposed to smile this much. My goodness. And it hurts, child of God, sitting there, seeing folks on fire, but we're stuck. Now, I remember as a 20-year-old young man, I'd give my heart to Jesus, but I hadn't given my life to Jesus. And I sat there and I looked at all the excitement, and there I was stuck. In apathy, I couldn't catch a fire for nothing. My wood was wet, and it was depressing. It was sickening, and it's wrong and it's sin. You've been there, and you might be there this morning. Twenty years old, God was calling me to preach, and I was missing out on the greatest joy of my life. And I kept thinking, why is everybody all excited? You know what? If I'd got my heart right, I'd get excited too. Huh. And I learned a long time ago, people say, well, why is everybody all excited? And this gets me in trouble. Well, if you get saved, you get excited too. Huh. Hello? Yeah, y'all can't even smile this morning. Y'all just staring at me. Man, I'll tell you what, if you caught a fire, if you got things right with the Lord, you'd get excited too. And a lot of the reason we're stuck is we have nothing to get excited about because we're stuck in this place of apathy. I want you to think about the realities of apathy. Israel was experiencing a period of apathy where they were just stuck and they were in this lull in their life. And as you look through the scripture over and over and over, do we find the people of God slipping into a period of apathy? In Isaiah, Isaiah said, Rise up, ye women that are at ease. How many times as, as children of God we are at ease in our spiritual life? The prophet Amos said, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus said in Matthew, Because iniquity shall bound, the love of many shall wax cold. So many times throughout the scripture we find God's people slipping into the lull of the molly And you get to the place of apathy where your just are not as excited and on fire and concerned the way you ought to be. Amen? Everybody has done it. Every child of God in this place has been there. Everybody in the Bible has been there. And let me tell you something, we all get to the place of apathy where we lose the joy of our salvation. Now you listen to me, you can't lose your salvation. Let me say that again where you can hear me. You can't lose your salvation. But you can lose the joy of your salvation. You can lose the fire of your salvation. And Israel was experiencing this period of apathy. Notice that Israel experienced apathy with their relationship with God in verse 6. It said, A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name. Priest that despise the name of the Lord. Let me tell you something. Israel experienced apathy with their relationship with God. They got to a place that they didn't honor God like they needed to. They didn't put God in His rightful place. You say, what place is that, number one? God deserves to be number one in our life. And we find a a time in the nation of Israel where they begin to put father number one. They begin to put mother number one. They begin to put people and their family and their life above their relationship with God. And he said, you got more honor to your father and your mother than you do me. You show more respect and more fear to other people than you do to me. And when you get to that place, you are experiencing a life of apathy. And there's a time in our life sometimes that we experience apathy with our relationship with God. That it's not what it ought to be. That it's not as good as it used to be. That you're not as close as you used to be. And at the end of the day, we can find ourselves closer with our fellow brethren than we do our own Savior. And may I tell you, it's sin and it's wrong. He said, even the priest despised my name. That doesn't even make sense to me. The men that were supposed to go on behalf of the nation of Israel to reconcile Israel with God, those men despised the name of the Lord. Man, they just, they fell out of love with God. They fell out of love with Jesus. Man, they was not honoring and fearing the Lord like they ought to. And friend, it hurt. And as you've seen it in their life, their relationship was affected. Listen, God don't care about our religion. But He cares about our relationship with Him. And it doesn't matter how religious you are. What is your relationship with Jesus like this morning? Maybe you're in this funk in your relationship with Jesus and you say preacher I just don't read my Bible like I used to I just don't pray like I used to I try I wake up with great intentions I just can't get there I don't know what's wrong it's because you're experiencing apathy and God said you're putting others before you do me he said you got more honor and respect for other people than you do me Child of God, Jesus ought to be number one in your life. He ought to have the preeminence of your life. He ought to be dab in the middle of everything that you're doing. But they experienced apathy in their relationship. Not only in their relationship, but in service. What did they do? Miss V, they kept serving. They fell out in love with God. They fell out of love with Him. They didn't fear Him like they ought to, but you know what they did? They kept going to church. And they said, you know what? He said, bring a sacrifice. So we're going to bring a sacrifice. But they didn't do it God's way, did they? And they brought the sacrifice that they wanted to offer. Because when you get in a place of apathy, you don't care what God thinks. But God, I'm bringing you something. Get happy with it. (laughs) God doesn't work that way, folks. God wrote the Word, not us. Okay? Okay? God give us His expectations. And He said, this is how I want you to do it. This is how I want you to live. This is how I want you to serve me. Well, I'll serve God in my own terms. And that's what we do when we slip into that place of apathy. We'll serve God how we want to serve Him. And as long as you feel good about it, preacher, it's okay. No, that's not right. Because they were still bringing sacrifices, but they weren't bringing the right sacrifices. They weren't doing it God's way. And let me tell you something, they didn't have the right heart either. They were serving, they were working in Awana. I'm telling you, they they were teaching Sunday school. Man, they were serving God. Friend, you could be here every time the doors open and be slapped out of fellowship with God. You can work in every ministry that Promised Land has and be ten hundred miles away from God. Your service does not reflect anything. It's how you serve Him In the manner you serve Him. And these people were serving and going and being religious, but they were doing it the wrong way. And when there's apathy in your life, there'll be apathy in your service. Oh, I got to go teach them kids, on I want to. Oh, I've been working all day, and these screaming kids. Oh, Y'all don't lie now. We've all been there. Come on. Let's get real. Ah. Oh, man, Sunday school. Ah. Oh, bless our hearts. We have such a hard life. You know it. Man, I'm telling you. God didn't want us to serve Him with that kind of mentality. He wants there to be joy in our service, He wants there to be love in our service. Don't serve Him out of obligation. Serve Him out of love. Serve Him out of passion. You want to get out of that funk. You want to get out of that apathy. Enjoy what you're doing. I enjoy Sunday school. Try it. I do. I like it. Man, it's fun. I get to pick on Brother Jared back there. Man, I tell you, I love Sunday school. I love the people in my class. Man, it's awesome. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to be doing it very long. I enjoy preaching. Can I be honest? There's days that I think, oh, i got to get a sermon. Oh, i got to preach, Brother Hayden. Oh, bless my soul. That's a tough life, you know it. Three hours a week all the work. My goodness. There's times as a preacher I face that apathy in my service. It ought to be the greatest joy of my life. To be able to serve the King. Oh, it ought to be joy. It ought to be a privilege. It ought to be an honor to serve the Lord. Don't serve Him out of apathy, but serve Him out of love and passion. You know what else happens? We find apathy in our relationship, our service, and in our worship. These people kept on going to the temple, didn't they? They kept on worshiping. They kept on honoring God, what they said they were honoring God. And you know what the Lord said? I don't accept it. I don't like it. You come in here, you're still working, you're still serving, you're still worshiping, but your heart's wrong and I don't like it. Man, you can come in here and you can shout on top of your lungs, you can raise your hand, you can hoop and holler and jump up you. That does not reveal your relationship with God. Let me tell you something. There are times in our life that we get in this spiritual funk where we just can't even worship right anymore. Where we come in here and we try so hard. We know we want to worship God. But we get in here and we're in this apathy and we can't get out of it. We can't get out of it. It don't matter if you're singing. It doesn't matter if you're raising your hand. Friend, let me tell you something. It matters about your heart. And there are times that we come in here that we just can't get in the Spirit and worship. Man, if you hadn't been able to worship in Promised Land the last month, something's wrong. If you hadn't found a reason to say praise the Lord, something's wrong. You sit sit back there and you say, what's wrong with them people shouting? My goodness. Well, if you catch a fire, you shout too you get excited about the things of the Lord, you'll worship the King the way the King wants you to worship Him. You say, preacher, how am I to worship Him? In spirit and in truth. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead in God in your worship, the Holy Spirit will always lead according to His truth. The Holy Spirit will not allow you to worship outside the bounds of the truth of God's Word. May I say this? We are scared to death of Worship. I'm there. What if every time we came that we truly open our heart completely to the Lord? Say, God, here I am. Lord, I'm offering myself. You see, they were offering stuff and things. God never wanted their things. He wanted their souls. He wanted their hearts. He wanted their praise. You come and you offer your talent. And you offer your... Man, they were up there playing. And I told somebody over here, I said, Man, look at them playing on them instruments. Man, I can't play the radio without breaking it. Man, they're just up there getting after it. But God's not interested in all that. He loves it. It brings Him honor and glory. But He's interested in your heart and in your soul. And you can get up here and you can sing the best song. And I'll tell you what makes a difference here at Promised Land. We have talent throughout this whole place. But the talent is not what blesses my soul. It's the heart that this talent gets up here and sings with. You can get up here and sing with all the talent in the world and not worship God. You can sing Amazing Grace 500 times and not mean anything about it. But I'll tell you, you give somebody that's got a heart for the Lord and gets up here and just worships and sings, that's honoring to God. You come this morning you say, Preacher, I want to worship, but I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. Go back in Malachi 1, in verse 2. I have loved you, saith the Lord. The repentance of apathy, Israel, needed to be reminded of God's love for them. You say, preacher, how do I get out of this? How do I get past this place of apathy? you got to be reminded that God loves you. you got to be reminded of what God has done for you. I want you to look with me in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7. If you're with me, say amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Israel forgot what the Lord had done. Israel was so involved in the things of this world that they fell out in love with the Lord. Do you remember when Jesus talked uh, to the church at Ephesus? And He said, I have somewhat against thee. He said, you fell out of love with me. He said, you don't love me like you used to. Do you realize what has driven us to this place of apathy? Is we're not loving God like we used to. We're not loving God like we need to. We're not loving God like we ought to. Let me tell you something. We need to be reminded of the things of God. And I believe if we could get reminded about the love of God in our life, that it would drive us back to our first love. I want you to go back in Deuteronomy. It says here in chapter 7 and in verse 6. You see, Israel was so blessed and they forgot. Israel was blessed beyond measure and they kept walking away from it. He said, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. Thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Child of God, may I I remind you that he called you, that he chose you, He knew every hair on your head, but He loved you anyway. And He came to you when you weren't worth saving. When you couldn't reach up to Him, He reached down to you. I'm telling you, when you weren't worthy to say the name Jesus, he give you the grace in in your heart and give you the unction to shout His name on loud to be saved. May I remind you that He chose you. I'm going to say it to you, amen me this morning. May I remind you He chose you and He called you. You are a chosen people. The devil tells us all the time that we're nobody and we're nothing. And half the time we probably agree with Him. But God's man, we must be something if God chose us. There must be something to us for God to love us the way He does And the way He did, the way He's acted all of our life, the Lord did not, in verse 7, the Lord did not set His love upon you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you. Why does He love me? Because He loves you. He don't care what your last name is. He don't care your background. He loves you. He don't care how much money you, you have, he loves you. He loves you for you. And he said, But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out of this mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. What is he doing? He reminded them of the covenant that he made with Abraham. And he said he loved you so much that he's going to keep that covenant. Y'all look at me, child of God, remember that He chose you and He called you and He loves you. And if you're saved, He made a covenant with you. And you remember this, God's going to keep His covenant with you. And I know there's days we get down and we get low, but I believe if we could just go back to that day that Jesus saved our souls. I believe if we could go back to that day that we were lost, undone, without God or a son, and that we fell on our face and met Jesus, I'm telling you that would restore the joy of our salvation to our life. Be reminded God loves you, God chose you, God saved you. Notice verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth Covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Everything God's promised you, He's going to keep it. Here you are in this lull. You say, preacher, I don't serve Him like I ought to. I don't worship Him like I ought to. My relationship isn't what it ought to be and I don't know how to get out. May I tell you, we need to get reminded about the love of God. You say, well, I love God. Don't think about your love for Him. Think about His love for you. Because before you ever loved God, He loved you. We're saved this morning, not because we went to Him, but because He came to us. And there is nothing that got Israel out of that font like being reminded of the love of God. We think it's difficult, and there's ten steps of getting out of apathy. It's one step. It's falling back in love with Jesus Christ. It's being reminded of what He's done for you. Don't ever forget where you come from. I'm going to say it again. Don't ever forget where you come from. Man, we get saved 20, 30 years. We get this self-righteous soul. I'm holy. No, you're not holy. He's holy. Ha! If there's anything good in you, it's because of Him. You were nothing till you found Him. Man, it's the love of God that ought, to, that ought to stir our souls. Man, if you can't go back to a day in your life that Jesus saved your soul, you don't have a lot to be happy about. But there's days that I'm down and I'm low, and I can go back to that day when I was a 13-year-old boy that I met heaven. Huh! And glory came down, amen? And he saved my soul. It changed me. It made a difference in me. I've been saved 20, 30 years now. Bless God, I'm still saved. Bless God, I can still get excited. Man, there's days that I'm down, be buddy, and I'm low. And I'm thinking, man, I can't get out of this. If I could just get reminded about all that God's done for me and all that he's, every time he's been with me, I shouldn't even be alive right now. Man, He has watched over me. He has preserved me. I shouldn't even be here. I promised land missionary Baptist church, but God's been good to me. You say, preacher, I'm struggling this morning. You need to go back to that day that Jesus saved your soul and just get reminded of the goodness of Jesus. Oh, man. He's turned a lot of bad days into good days when I've gone back to that day. I can shout because i got a day I can go back to. You say, Preacher, it's bad. I know. But God's still good. He's still good. Because I can go back. Go back, child of God. Go back. Go back to the day you were unworthy. Go back to the day you couldn't reach up, but He reached down. Go back in the theater of your mind this morning. Go back. Go back to the day you say, well, I remember the aisle. I remember the preacher. I remember the, the water. Something's wrong if that's all you remember. Because I remember that relationship. And I remember the Holy Spirit of God coming in and dwelling in me. You say, preacher, I'm trying to go back, but I can't go back. Then you need to be saved today. I sat there in deception. Man, why are them people so excited? Well, I got saved and I found out. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, folks, if you get saved, you might just find out. Man, isn't the Lord good? Good.